Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sausman. Frankie, what's happening, man? Frankie, happy hump day to you, bud. What are you wearing today? What do you think? I have, there are a lot of thoughts going through my mind right now. Because I didn't realize until right this second, I saw a clip from the NBA Fantasy Twitter earlier today. Yeah. And I thought to myself, what is Greg wearing? Uh-huh. And now I just wondered aloud what you are wearing. Are they positive thoughts? No. Not positive. Uh, I don't know, man. I had compliments earlier. So I bought this uh, like two or three years ago. Right. I uh, went to Nordstrom. I, I bought this. Like, this is cool, right? This is a cool thing. Because it's a, a sports jacket. It's also like a sweatshirt. I see that. Right? So I got... It's like, like this. the hoodie meets the blazer. Right. So it's almost like an AJ Styles type of thing here, right? Right, like, whoa, the hoodie meets the blazer. And it's like, I wasn't sure what the weather was. I wasn't sure, like, if the shirt would, like, not be good for TV. Okay. It has, like, the, the checks and stuff. But I thought, like, this look was kind of cool. So I, I decided to wear it. All right. It's interesting. Well, I, I can zipper it. It's different, for sure. Look. I've never seen anything like that. That looks a little bit better, I think. Yeah. This looks better? I, yeah, I think when you zip it up, it looks a little bit, yeah, it looks like you're just wearing a hoodie under a blazer. So now, so now. Because when it's not what's, zipped what's up, like I'm now? just left really confused trying to figure out what's going on there. So now, what do I, what, does it look like, should I, you plan to wear that on the MSG thing that we're doing? I wasn't doing? sure yet. <laughs> yes, you know, Please do. Okay. I was going to wear it there, and they tell me to take it off, I'll take it off. You, uh, you, you know what I want to see? I want to see how they respond to so it. So you don't, you don't like it, is what you're saying. I didn't say that, Greg. You don't like it. It's different. Dare to be different. And that is what Sean, you have done today. Sean, you're always very honest with my clothing. Do you, what do you think here? I actually like it. I like do. it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I would tell him, honestly. I know you would. That's, oh, why, he, that's he, why I threw he, it to you. He has before. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you go. I agree. Well, it looks a little big. That's what I'll say. Well, I lost weight, Frank. Yeah. We talked about this I yesterday. know. Yes, on BFS <laughs> yesterday, I complimented. You know, you yeah. lost about 20 pounds since All last right, year. All right, enough of my weight. Let's go talk some NBA uh, and some other, whole other stuff going on uh, in the world. This is the news update from Sean Glassamaki. Thank you, Greg. I'm Sean Glassamaki with your BFF Sports Grid news update. Coronavirus update. The Warriors will play the Brooklyn Nets 
on Thursday in San Francisco without fans in attendance. This after the governor issued uh, an order for San Francisco to follow crowds 1,000 or less. But the NBA and the San Francisco Warriors have elected to play tomorrow night's game against the Brooklyn Nets with no fans inside the Chase Center, the team announced on Wednesday. Some news in Major League Baseball concerning the coronavirus. The Mariners will not play any home games in the month of March. They had been scheduled to play the Texas Rangers from March 26th through the 29th. So that is now out. Uh, no word yet on when they will resume play in Seattle for the Mariners. Let's head over to college basketball conference tournament action at the half. Big Sky round one. Southern Utah a two-point lead over Idaho. Southern Utah nine and a half point favorites right now. That is a live update on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 124 and a half your total. ACC Pittsburgh and NC State. NC State your leader right now in the first half with three minutes to go. 31 to 27. The Wolfpack seven and a half point favorites. 146 and a half your total. Just underway Utah and Oregon State. Oregon State three and a half point favorites. 133 and a half your total. And a plethora of games later on today and tonight. 34 games in total in college basketball. Some news out of the NBA that we did not get to. That is Ben Simmons has been ruled out for an additional three more weeks. He will not play for the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's at least with a back injury. So stay tuned on that. And Rashad Jones has been cut by the Miami Dolphins. The safety had been with the Dolphins for the previous four seasons. That is your BFFs Sports Grid news update. Now back to Craig, uh, Greg and Frank. Frank, take it away. To the fantasy BFFs, no joke. This is all Greg Sussman has been doing throughout the course of the news update. The guy's walking around. He's trying to figure out, should he zip it up? Should he tuck his shirt in? Uh, and now he's turned into Alex Rodriguez. He is just looking at himself very, very close uh, to the reflection there. But speaking of Greg Sussman, he got uh, had a chance to talk with Drew Dinkmeyer earlier today from DailyRoto.com to figure out who they should get in their DFS lineup tonight with no Christoph Porzingis. And Drew Dinkmeyer had this to say about Maxi Kleber. Moving on to power forward. Now, Christoph Porzingis is what? Questionable on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Hasn't really played him this season. Um, but we don't know yet. Maxi Clever, he's really good when KP's on out there taking that shot. Yeah, that's sort of the key here. Power forward's a, a tricky spot, but if Christoph Porzingis, um, who didn't play particularly well last night on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, is unavailable tonight, which has been the case throughout most of the season, we kind of expect Maxi Kleber would step into a ton of minutes and he'd be well underpriced uh, for a pretty favorable matchup. So you got to pay attention to the news on, on this one, but obviously uh, if you're looking for other more stable options, you can go up in pricing to a John Collins or a Bam Adebayo, guys like that, that you know, are, are likely to play tonight and, and kind of guarantee those big roles. But if Porzingis does sit, Maxi Kleber would be one of the best values on the slate. Maxi Kleber! Kleber! He is a good value on the slate tonight. Um, with Christos Porzingis officially ruled out now, we knew, we'll see about Luka Doncic, as you were talking about downstairs, Frankie. Uh, neither of them played back-to-backs, really. They kind of alternate which game of the back-to-back -back they play. Both played heavy minutes last night. Yeah, they were both over 35 minutes last night. We'll see if there's any news on Luka Doncic heading up to tonight's NBA DFS slate. Make sure you are glued to the screen at Daily Roto so that you can get all those updates there as well. But KP already ruled out, which means Maxi Kleber at $4,400 is one of the better values tonight. All right, on the program today, we're going to give you some auction draft strategies. We are preparing for our auction tomorrow, Frank, uh, which is no longer live. It is now at 7 p.m. Eastern time online. Yes, because obviously everything that's going on with the coronavirus, the Tout Wars live events was uh, were canceled this weekend as well, uh, and rightfully so, right? Like People need to take the proper precautions, and this is bigger than fantasy baseball, obviously, Greg. And you know, I kicked off the week on Monday, Fantasy Sports Today, telling everyone how much this is one of my favorite weeks of the year in terms of fantasy baseball drafting. I got a ton of auctions and drafts this week. Tomorrow night, we have one together, Greg. Saturday, I'm in the NFBC main event. Sunday, NFBC main event. And Sunday, I also have the Tout Wars head-to-head -head points auction as well. So I've got four either drafts or auctions over the next four days here. Um, and look, it's a bummer. I understand that. But, you know, 
obviously this is uh, this supersedes fantasy baseball, and I think that the right decisions have been made, Greg. Ah, uh-huh. I see. Yes, Greg's not buying in. Tell him not buying. He still in. wants to do live auctions. I do want to do my live auction. I, I do. It's, I get it. Look, I want it too, but the only live auction of the year, Frank. I don't do a live auction in fantasy football. You have to realize some people, you know, they take care of the elderly. They have families. They have kids. You and I, I mean, we don't have kids. We don't, you know, take care of the elderly. That so we know of. <laughs> that we know of, that's for sure. You know, Just to be clear. Greg, back in uh, ma- back in Maryland, uh, you know, fear the turtle. That's right. You know that's where that right. saying came from? Uh, I don't actually. No, <laughs> that's a story for another day. I see. Um, we mentioned the coronavirus affecting our drafts, and we're going to talk uh, about that in a little bit. But I want to talk about the coronavirus in a larger scale. The Golden State Warriors are playing a game without fans tomorrow night against the Brooklyn Nets. The Seattle Mariners if they play in March, will not be playing in the city of Seattle as all large gatherings are being um, uh, disavowed by Jay Inslee, governor of Washington. In Dayton, Ohio, where the first four is supposed to take place, there are no fans allowed at those games either. We'll see for the rest of the tournament, for the rest of March Madness, how that goes at least up until the Sweet 16. Frankie, do you believe the MLB season will start on time? I think that it's in serious question right now, obviously with everything that's going on. And you see teams that are already coming out and, you know, kind of tackling this before it becomes even an even bigger thing, obviously, here. So um, I, I would be surprised, Greg, if it actually does start on time. I, I think that we are going to get some kind of delay uh, in terms of the MLB season, which is unfortunate. Look, you know, we're doing all this fantasy baseball prep and we're here every single day doing our position previews, talking auctions, and we're all very excited about the baseball season. But again, this is something that's bigger than baseball. It's bigger than fantasy baseball as well. Uh, so, yes, I, I do think that we could be looking at uh, a potential delayed start to the MLB yeah. season. And I think that you know there's, an, uh, there's a chance that we could be looking at maybe a suspension of the NBA season as well. I know that that's something that they are talking about yeah. right now. They're having meetings today and tomorrow with the NBA uh, owners, GMs as well, trying to figure out what to do uh, in terms of this crisis. So um, I think that you know all these things are, are warranted, and yeah, there's a good chance that the MLB season might, stop, not, might not start on time, Greg. No question about it. Uh, with, the NBA, with the NBA being, uh, it talks about potentially being suspended. Um, MLB not starting on time is a realistic possibility. I, I think that for sure, uh, at the end of March, you're not going to see fans. I, I think we all have no idea what's going to happen with the coronavirus. It's, it, it's simply not clear. But I think you're looking through the end of March, if not later, that you're not going to have, be able to have large gatherings. We can't teach, treat this as business as usual. Yes, with our draft, like to me, like 15 guys in a room, like... Or girls. 15 people in a room is fine. 70,000 fans for March Madness, that's an issue. 25,000 fans for March Madness is an issue. 40,000 fans in Seattle is an issue. It's a lot different than 10 people around a room. It's not even just us we're concerned about. It's other people around us catching a virus that we may not even know we have. There's a lot of scary stuff with coronavirus. And precautions do need to be taken. And one of those precautions, as we said, is our live draft, our live auction being canceled. We're going to say how that changed our strategy and some other strategies for you during auction drafts when we come back. Right here on the BFS. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. Uh, I want to see what this thing looks like. (sighs) 
Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back with you, BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. Frankie, we, one of our plans for the live auction <laughs> was to bring this That Was Easy button. And when we get players, that was easy. hit them with it. We can't do that anymore. We cannot. So They're talking about setting up like a live I'm stream. Out I'm out on this shit. All right, stream. Greg's out. Yeah. But what if, we, what if we, Greg, shot a video of ourselves pressing the button... And huh? sent it to Ian Khan. Love it. After we outduel him for a player. Yes. All in on that. Yeah, we should be doing that. All in on that. But the problem is, like, <laughs> the, the idea of this, like, Google of a uh, of Skyping or doing like a Google Hangout. Like, we got everyone's gonna be on their computers trying to draft in the live draft. You're not like gonna be talking to each other. Do, 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 you know what I mean? Like, you and I could do it. If we have two of us. Yes. And really, that'd be your job. Obviously. What does that mean? Like, you being the person, like, interacting with these people? No, like, no, no, no. Thing. That's never my job. No, no. I, I'm, I, I, dra- I, I, okay. I press the button. No, all right. So then there's going to be no interaction. Because I'm the one who's submitting the players. But you're, like, the one that's friends with these people. Right? I'd like to think so. I'm not. Right. Right. We don't have to interact with anybody. Right. Because I would also like to be keeping track of the players that we win. For sure. How much salary well, we have left. And, no, 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 no. You, no. No, Greg. No? We can't have you do that. Not in that jacket. So now what's... I won't wear the jacket tomorrow. So what? So, what, so my job in the auction normally is to raise my hand and, and say a number. That's right. usually my role. I will say this. The CBS Draft auction room uh, yes. works very well. I have used it before. It's fine. I've used it before. I understand, Greg. I've used it before. Nothing beats being there live in person. I'm just... I was, excited to hang out. I was excited to hang out with some people. Look, I told you, this is one of my favorite nights of the year. Yeah, same. Is this auction together? Yeah. And we could still do it together. We can. I expect, I expect not with everybody else. I expect we will do it together. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to do an auction as teammates not together. We, I feel like we've done it before. No, we've done snake drafts. Oh, we had this with like track. you're right. All like uh, FaceTiming. Have I done it? All? I feel like I've done, I've done an auction with my old roommate, not next to him. Like, so we skyped each other or FaceTimed. Yeah, uh, nah, I'm not a fan of that. Okay, so we will do it next to each other. Now, at first I thought we were gonna do it at a bar. Now I feel like I don't even know that's, that's the case. Looks like you might just have to make us pasta and have us over, Greg. 
Well, make a chicken parm tonight. Oh, well. Make enough for everyone. Leftovers. I don't mind leftovers. You don't mind leftovers? If we have leftovers, maybe that's the case. Maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I have a bunch of IPA beers. Ah, don't like those. White Claws? I can get behind that. You got that? I got a bunch of them. Sure. You're interested. I think I'm more of a Truly fan. I got White Claws in the house, though. All right. I mean, I'm not going to be picky. I'm just telling you. So do you think, do you think that's what's going to happen? You're just going to come over, or are we going to go to a bar? <laughs> no, I don't know. We can go to a bar. It's fine. Assuming something's open. And we're also, everything's going to be fine. It'll be open. <laughs> It'll be open. Right. And it, it, we're going to have to find someone that like has the appropriate Wi-Fi. We're going to need space, right? True. Greg's got to be able to like wave his arms around. Correct. When he's, when he's bidding on a player. Now, in an online auction, for us, and I'll get to like real strategy in a moment, the big question we have to ask, who's the bidder? I assume it's me, because that was always my job, Greg, right? you're the bidder, man. Okay. You've always been the bidder. I cannot take that role away from you now. Okay. I want to make sure. Because I'd be upset. Maybe I'll get like a sneaky like, click in there yeah, somewhere. But, yeah, you're the guy. Okay. I will keep track of the stats. That seems and fair. And the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much money we have left. You're the math guy. Yes. Huh. You're well, the bidding guy. Uh, you're listen, the bidder. I love being the bidder. Wait, why'd you make a face when you said I was the math guy? I wasn't sure if you're like, are you a math guy? Yeah. Okay, cool. Much more than I am an English guy. Oh, yeah, okay. So then, yes. Math over English for sure. All right, so you... The, in, you, the entire course of my life. So you are the math guy. Yes. I'm the bidder. Yes. How does the strategy change online auction versus in-person auction? In an all-serious question. Um... That's a fair question. I mean, I don't think, I don't think things change that much. Obviously, like okay. being able to read the room changes. You know, honestly, obviously, you know, we're all online at that point. You can't really see people's reactions. Sometimes, like, do people have a good poker face when they right. get into the bidding? Are they actually part of the bidding? Are they just trying to bid you off? I mean, that's those are things that the human interaction, that element of it, you know, being live in person with other people, you know, that obviously is taken away. I mean, all you're looking at that point is digital numbers, Greg, and people, you know, you're seeing numbers climb, 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 but you can't tell how serious people really are at that point. So I will say this. In an, a live auction format, you're seeing, like, who's getting involved a little bit more. Yes. Not so much when they're just pressing a button, you're like, oh, I, whatever. Yeah, like, are you paying attention that Adam Ronis is uh, jumping in on every bid? Not a surprise. He's talking about Ronis. I but mentioned Ian Khan earlier. <laughs> that was better. Um, there's 13 other people I could have mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, you're noticing like who's active in the room, right? Like who's jumping in on every bid, who's really sitting it out and kind of taking it all in. You can't do that anymore. Online, another strategy, you're able to see everyone's team all the time. Like, yes, you could do that in a live, in a live auction if you like, took the time to do it, but now it's all in there, all in the interface for you. Good point. So you know what people, what positions people need, how much money they have Yeah, left. it might be easier to look it up, right? Like if you're getting into a bidding war with somebody over an outfielder and you look at their team and realize, oh, well, this person already has three, four outfielders. They're not desperate like I am. They don't really need this player. Now, I know some people use software to do all of this anyway. We didn't. We did not. No. Well, I would keep track of our players, not everyone else's. Right, of course. Right. Now it's all done for us, which is kind of nice. So I think that's certainly uh, part of it. I think we should go somewhere with mozzarella sticks, right? <laughs> I love mozzarella sticks. This guy loves fresh mutts. Mozzarella sticks are not fresh months. I understand that. But, I mean, basically anything I've ever seen you eat, Greg, from salad to sandwich, right. there's fresh months involved. Hmm. All right. I, mean, I don't know. It's right That's the first thing that you throw out. There's got to be mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the first thing I threw out, but it was in there. I will say this. So we're talking about coronavirus and things getting canceled. So WWE is NXT every Wednesday night. It's taking place from the Performance Center without, not in the full cell arena. Mm. What are they going to do for WrestleMania, Greg? That is a gigantic question that Yikes. they will have to answer featuring Rob Gronkowski, probably. Oh, are you hyped about that? No. Joe Ranieri said earlier on FSC that you were going to break out the pom-poms. That's right. how excited you were for Rob Gronkowski. Couldn't care any less, right? <laughs> Let's talk more strategy for the auction. Not necessarily our strategy, but strategy in general. We can talk about our strategy. I don't care. But as the more auctions that I have done, I have learned, I think, and you can correct me, we got to be aggressive early. Early in the tiers, early with the players. Because as players dwindle, as you are in search of that better deal, it usually gets worse. We were discussing pitchers that we liked in certain tiers or players that we liked in certain tiers, and we're like, hey, let's just get the first one. With the assumption, it doesn't always work like this, but with the assumption 
that the next guy is going to be higher. Do you agree with that as an overarching strategy? Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And we have mentioned that before as well uh, in previous years when doing our auction strategy shows. And I think, look, you tear out your players. I think that's the best way to go into your auction. You have a whole set of rankings, and you basically make groups of these rankings called tiers uh, where you have similar projections, similar expectations for players within that tier. Obviously, a new t- tier starts when you see the the projection downgrading, right? So, for example, like Fernando Tatis right. and uh, Trevor Story and Francisco Lindor and that whole group of shortstops, that's tier Trey one. Turner. The yeah. first five or six shortstops. Tier break, and then you look at the guys who go in like the second, third round range. With, uh, what is that? With Glaber Torres. I don't know. It's not me. Glaber Torres and Javier Baez. Like, that's the difference in tiers that we're talking about. And what we're saying is, if there is a player that's thrown out in that tier that you want or you want to be involved in that tier of players, then you should be aggressive in the first player that's thrown out there, Greg. So I think another example, a perfect example, is Garrett Kohler, Jacob DeGrom, right? If you want one of those starting pitchers, the elite aces that are probably going to run you 40 to $45 in a 15-team auction, Whoever is thrown out first between those two, you are more aggressive on that player because after Jacob DeGrom, one of those guys, DeGrom or Cole goes, you can almost guarantee the other one is going to go for more money, Greg. Probably. Probably so. And that's not guaranteed, but probably. Almost. Almost guaranteed. So that's why I kind of, with the first pitcher that we get, I wanted to throw in somebody that's kind of under them. And and if we do that first, all right, well, there's four more aces people go out and get. We'll get a deal. Maybe. Yeah, and look, it doesn't have to be just a tier of two players. It could be that whole group that's going in the fourth round. Charlie Morton, Chris Paddock, uh, Noah Syndergaard. You could put Zach Greinke in that mix as well. It's Aaron Nola, Clayton Kershaw. Aaron Nola, Clayton Kershaw. It's, you know, once those names start to get brought up, that's a group of maybe, I don't know, seven, eight starting pitchers that you have in one tier. Jump in on the first or second name in that tier. Maybe it's the you know the the one that you want most, obviously. But jump in early on that bidding because more than likely, once you dwindle down towards the end of that tier, Greg, and we see this time and time again. I've seen it plenty of times where a player goes for five, six, seven more dollars than they should because they are the last player in that tier and everybody else realizes that they are also the last player in that tier. So a lot of it is based on your rankings and how you tier out the players. But I agree that, you know, if someone gets thrown out early and you want that player, you should be aggressive early in your auctions. I'm all about being aggressive early in an auction, like I said, because that's where the best deals can be found. But how do you know how much you should be spending on these players? How to break it down, right? Because... With pitching and hitting, it's just different than football, where it's like you're just trying to get as many points. There's pitching categories, and there's hitting categories, and they don't always intersect here. So if your budget is $260, right, that's a standard? Which is the standard normally in the fantasy baseball How do they come up to 260 I don't know. Football's 200 Why don't they just make it 200 Well, it's, there's, you start what, 23 players, right? Right. So 260 divided by 23 is... Uh, exactly $11.3, Greg. So I don't know how they came up with that. $11.30. Right. Fantastic. Per player. Stupid. I don't know how they came up with two. I don't know how they came up with 260. I don't have the answer to that. Right. That's the standard. Though. Right. It is the standard. Sure. So how do we know how to allocate that? What is the idea behind it? So I think most people kind of subscribe to 6535, right? That seems like the standard, along with $260 of your budget, the standard is that you should spend around 65% of that budget on your hitting and 35% of that budget on your pitching. I don't think that you have to subscribe to that theory, but you probably, in all likelihood, should not be spending much more than like 40 Maybe 45% max on your pitching, Greg. All right, we'll have more auction draft strategy, including some players that we're interested in, coming up next. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From at and one with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's continue here. Frank Stanfield and Greg Sussman are live inside Studio 34, New York City today, Frankie. Inside New York City today. Now, last year, you were very interested in... Why did you accentuate that twice, Greg? Because yesterday we weren't here. Oh, okay. Sure. That is a fact. We were in New Jersey. Yeah. So, last year, you were all about position scarcity. And you used your auction budget to make sure that certain positions were filled. Do you still feel the same way in regards to your strategy here in 2020? No, not necessarily in terms of positions, Greg. I have grown. I have evolved as a fantasy baseball player. We're no longer looking at position scarcity, Greg. We are looking at category scarcity. And, you know, Greg, amidst forming our plan, which everybody should form a plan, 
when it comes to the auction. You don't have to. Well, that's be, a really that's another topic. You don't have to be about. too rigid. And yes, we can talk about this, Greg. Yep, but yep, I think yep. that you should go into your auction with an idea at least of players that you want to target and how you're going to accumulate these stats. I don't think that you can just go into your auction, especially. In Roto, in head-to-head points, it's much easier. You just need to get players that score the most points, and you probably just want to target uh, pitching mostly more than anything else. But in terms of Roto in an auction, I think you have to go in with a plan. You have to figure out, all right, well, I've got to come out of this draft with 100 stolen bases, 100 projected stolen bases. How am I finding those 100 stolen bases? And you kind of have to build your auction plan around that around what stats you need, Greg. So, again, like, you know, stolen bases, everyone's going to talk about this year. Saves as well. You know, two of the harder categories to come by, batting average. Uh, And I think that, you know, last year I was hell-bent on getting outfielders, and I think this year most people, and rightfully so, should be hell-bent on finding speed. You don't need to win every category, especially in a standalone league without an overall, Greg. You just have to be adequate. You have to be in the middle of the pack when it comes to stolen bases. So you probably need at least 80 to 100, if we're being honest, in a 15-team league. And I think before the draft, Greg, before the auction, rather, you have to have a plan of how you are going to rack up those stats. And because midway through, Greg, if you realize, oh, I've already filled uh, 80% of my roster spots and I have 30 stolen bases, at that point, you're left scrambling. And then you're going to wind up with someone like Malik Smith. And you don't really want to be in that position. That's the reason why I say you do have to somewhat pre-plan what you want to do and how you're going to find those stats within the auction. Well, is it pre-planning or is it rigidly planning? And that's what I wanted to get into next because Frank and I, quite frankly, have two different philosophies when it comes to this. Frank is an uber planner about everything. He wants to plan out uh, every number, every price that it would cost, every value, every player. A price range. I mean, usually between like you write usually write down the prices that you want to spend. But I have an idea in my head, right? For example, just throw a name out there. Say yeah. Scott Kingery at 12 bucks. Right. I know that there's a chance we could win for 10 and I know that there's a chance we might have to go to 13, 14 to get him. Like that that is in the back of my mind. So for me, I do it pretty I, I try to plan differently. Where like, all right, where he just doesn't plan. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's absolutely not the case. For every auction I've ever had of it, I've always planned. All right. So you should help me out. You should help me plan the auction. The problem is when I try to plan my way, you go like I look at it completely differently. That's the issue. Okay. Now, this is actually a good point and something, yes. Get into it. Thank you. Yes. So, the way I plan is almost by position and how much money you want to spend per position. So, for instance, catchers. We've talked about it on the show. I'll reveal this. I don't care. We want to spend no more than $10 no, it's fine. This is like, I don't think we care Look, if somebody wants to bid us up on Austin Romine, Greg, yeah, whatever. they can have at it. So the point is, so I want to spend no more than $10 on our two catchers. And this is how I would build every position now. I want to spend no more than X on every position. This is the idea. And of course, you can break your own rules and then have to adjust the prices. But to me, it's the prices, and then I've picked the players that fall into those price ranges. So you mentioned Austin Romine. If Austin Romine, if we spend nine dollars on our first catcher, whomever that may be, and Austin Romine goes for two dollars, we're not getting Austin Romine. Right. And I, that's not, not that we can't go to eleven. That's not a great example because it's one dollar more. Right. But the idea is that you will stick to your budget in that. Like the players you try, try the to stick to your Players in my head don't matter as much as the prices. Like, I'm not going in like, here, I got this player, then this player, then this player, then this player. I'm going in and saying, hey, I got 30 bucks to spend at third base. Let's find the third baseman that comes closest to this. Not saying I won't go to 31 or 32, hoping that I can get it at 27, 28. But am saying I won't go 35 here. That's too much for me to spend. And because we've talked so much about players and we are so well-researched, like, you go into an auction, like, yeah, I have... My color-coded sheet, like, everybody knows this, but, like, in my head, like, I know this back and front. Like, I, don't, I, I could go out into the draft without this. I'd be like, all right, I know the guys. I know you can, too, even better than I can. I know, like, I don't have to go into a draft with internet at this point because you know who you like going into a draft. So whenever we said, oh, we went, we went to a bar, we went to Hooters many years ago to do a draft, and the internet sucked. Dirty Greg. So I was like, all right, let's... I mean, the wings were terrible. It was an awful situation. Hooters does not make good food. It's, oh, it's disgusting. So 
I guess we're not going to Hooters tomorrow. We're not going to Hooters. <laughs> Imagine that's where they want to go. <laughs> um, I mean, that's how the material sticks. But anyway, we don't need internet. Like, we are good enough in our heads, not good enough as a game player, but, like, smart enough, like, we, we know what we're we We're clearly want. not good enough, Craig. No. Obviously. I don't know that we finish higher than, like, 12th, eighth, yeah. eighth place in this, 10th place in this right. league. So, the, the point being, that's how I like to build a roster instead of draft. Like, here's how much I want to spend. Let's come as close to doing that as possible. And then adjust the numbers throughout the draft. Frank, you look at it entirely differently than me. I wouldn't say entirely, because I think that your, your head is right, Craig. The problem is that you have to figure out beforehand the players that you like first. Because you can't just say, I want to spend X amount of money at this position. Why? I think you have to figure out the player that you like first and then fit the money to that and then move on from there. We'll talk about it more after the break. Yeah, I think Frank's plan is just way too rigid. We'll speak about this uh, in a moment. We'll be back. It's BFFs here on SportsGrid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. (laughs) Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're saying right now? He's he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're back here on the BFF. We're going live until the top of the hour. Pharrell 
is up next. Carver, Siano, Mualla, Metal Matt, the whole crew, you're help you out. Carver, uh, Siano, Metal Matt, and of course, Scotty Farrell, Coast to Coast, live at 4 p.m. Eastern here on Sports Grid. We also want to remind you that in our March Madness bracket, man, how do you do that? All you got to do is let everybody know how we help you win money. Our job is to inform you. You then go out and take the knowledge and you win money. All the help with in-game live. Let us know on Instagram, on Twitter. Get in the game here, folks. Join our bracket. There's some awesome prizes. You can come co-host with us if you'd like. Yeah, and you'll have the opportunity to uh, beat up on Gabe Morenci and Scott Farrell. Who wouldn't want to do that? And, and you, Frank. Of course. I mean, it's, I mean, I didn't include myself in that because it's, it's quite easy to do that. As we said, let's take it back here now. As we said going into the break, Frank and I have two different um, mindsets. Greg, the, the problem with your mindset here— You're just here, telling me mine's wrong. That's not very nice. Well, you're wrong, you're, and I'll tell you why you're wrong right now. Why wouldn't you match the price that you want to pay per position to the players that you like? Because if you just automatically, and this is what I didn't understand the other day when you were telling me, he's like, uh, well, let's figure out how much we want to spend at each position. The problem there is, what happens if you just randomly pigeonhole yourself to, oh, well, I want to spend $10 at second base. That completely puts you out of the running of Ozzy Albies, if that's someone that you want. I think, first and foremost, you have to figure out the players you want most at each position, and then you have to match up the salary to that. And then at the end of your prep, if the money doesn't add up or you realize throughout the course of it, like, all right, I'm spending too much at each position, then you have to find another player within a different tier of cost that you do like because you're not going to be able to have a 20-plus player at every single position. You have to figure out where you want to pay down at certain spots. The problem is, Greg, I think the way that you're trying to plan this is you have to figure out the players that you like most. You have to figure so out I, I the targets that you want on your team first and foremost, so I, and you match the salary at the position you want to spend. So I agree. I that. agree to a a certain respect in that yes, if you put ten dollars for second base, you can't get Ozzy Albies. But again, like I was mentioning, you know the guys that you like, right? Like it's in your head. You know the guys that you like in general. But you might not know how much they cost in terms of auction value until you look it up. But I don't want to be so rigid. Like what you do is you write down one or two players. What if you don't get one of the two players? Then everything has to yeah, change. No, I mean, I think you have to have backup plans in place, Greg. But, like, you're going to have plan, backup plan, backup plan, backup plan. I'm not going to do that. i like, all right, I got a range of, this is how much money. If I think third base is where I want to spend up because I really like the guys at third base, which I will know going into the draft, right. that's what I'll spend up on. And if for whatever reason, at third base, I'm going to pull up the list now. If at third base, for whatever reason, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going for way less. But he wasn't part of the plan. He wasn't one of the names we wrote down. We, had, we planned instead to go up to Manny Machado. Now, guy we've talked a lot about here, right? Let's say Manny Machado is not off the board yet in the auction. But Vladimir Guerrero is going for $5 less than we think he should go. That we have allocated at that spot. We both like Vladimir Guerrero. I know that. We pounce right there. Changes. I don't have a problem with that. And it, and where that can come in is, Greg, you can have two different plans set up where, all right, if if things work out the way I think they are, then I'm probably going to spend down at second base, right? Right. You can have that idea. But then you can also have, all right, well, you know, if I do get a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here and I do have extra money to spend, let's say I planned on spending, you know, 7 or $8 at second base sure. and you get Vladimir Guerrero, then you can know in the back of your mind, now I have money to spend for well, a $15 second baseman. Right. So you can have those. And the only way I think that you could be fully prepared for that is if you kind of have that plan set in place. So I, that's, you kind of have that, backup plans that, as well. And, and that's where we disagree. Like, I think that you can... Maneuver. And you can have those at each. I mean, it's not a problem if you write down, all right, at second baseman, I either, I either want you know a $15 DJ LeMahieu or I want um, a $5 Cesar Hernandez. If I spend up somewhere else, I know that I have to get $5 Cesar Hernandez. If I get... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rather than Manny Machado, then I know I have a little bit more money to spend, then I could go up to DJ LeMahieu. And you can kind of have that mindset ready to go beforehand. And that all comes with planning out your auction. So, so I, I, I agree. Right, I agree. Like, that should be the, the plan. But I don't Which think... means I, we have more work to do. <laughs> I, don't, so I don't agree with that. We have discussed this auction for weeks at this point. And we keep saying, all right, we got to plan it out. We got to plan it out. But what have we been doing for the last month? We've been planning it out. But here's the problem, Greg. And maybe this is ultimately what you're trying to, the Same. point that you're trying to get to. Right. Is that we have players that we know that we really like. Yeah. 
what if we get priced out on those players? And we pivot. But that's why you have to have backups. We're gonna have. We're obviously gonna have backups. We obviously will obviously pivot. But you have to have, in my opinion, Greg. You have to have, especially if you're playing roto, you have to have backup plans in place for similar categories because you have to know where you're getting your stats from before you enter the auction. And I think this is a good point that Frank brings up because it's different than football, right? Where it's not. You just. I mean, in football, you're just trying to get points. Like maybe it, it means the same thing within position. You know, like oh, I have to get a wide receiver one. Right. But like, say. Oh, I plan on getting Michael Brantley as my outfielder average, three. Average, you want so I know average, he's going to give me a 290-plus batting average. Right. And your backup plan is, all right, well, if I miss out on Michael Brantley, I'll get Brian Reynolds because I think he can offer a similar skill set. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Sure. But you have to have that plan in place because as of right now, I'm looking at our plan. We have no speed. And we have, no, it's not, it's not just no speed. I thought I kind of figured out that problem the other day. It's okay. Um, but, like, we have a lot of just one player written down at each position. So we kind of have to figure up our uh, figure out our backup plans. For me, I go back to what our plan was for pitching, and I'll, listen, I'm going to talk about it on the air because we've talked about it a lot. It's like, do we pay up for Garrett Cole and Jacob Degrom, or do Look, we? Sure, other people have the same exact right. That's why I'm bringing problems. That's and why dilemmas bring, that they're trying to figure out right now. That's why I'm bringing it up. Right. So, do we pay up for Jacob Degrom or Garrett Cole, or or go somewhere a little bit lower? And to me, my answer in that is we see what the prices. We see what the prices for all these guys. If all of a sudden Max Scherzer, who I you know we haven't heard any negative thing on in 24 hours, if, if I'm kind of scared, man, are you? I don't know. Maybe Max Scherzer is a great example. Steven Strasburg is a better example because he's healthy right now. Yeah, put he that is. guy in a bubble the way that people are falling right now. Right. Oh my gosh. So if Steven Strasburg, all of a sudden, is like 33 dollars. We got to be able to be like look at each other and be like, we're in. That's it. We're in. Let's do it. Even though. He's not written down. He's not going to be written down. And then their entire plan changes because we but didn't do you like Steven Strasburg? The problem with just price thirty three dollars, I do. The problem with just price enforcing for the different. sake of price. I'm not. Price I'm, not I'm not price enforcing the sake. Of you price have to like the player too, because you don't want to get stuck. You don't want to bid on Steven Strasburg just because, say, he's going for thirty three, and you you have him for as a you know whatever program you use, wherever you get your your auction prices from. My head. And they had they and that tells you Steven Strasburg. I know for a fact is a thirty five dollar player. Correct. And he's going for too cheap right now. Right. But if you don't actually like Strasburg for this upcoming season, or if you have any sliver of doubt, do not price enforce just for the sake of so price So I think, no question, you don't right. price enforce just to price enforce because you're going too low. Obviously. Especially when you've already spent a lot of money. You don't just do that and be like, oh my God, now I have now nothing Oh, well, I got Garrett Cole and Strasburg. There goes $75 Correct. out of my budget. That's totally different than what I'm saying. But for a first starter... If all of a sudden Steven Strasburg's there at 33, and in your mind, and in my mind... For what it's worth, he's going for $29 in the NFPC. Really? 29 Huh. Greg, I brought this up to you. Shane Bieber is going for $13 less than guys than DeGrom and Cole. Right. Cole and DeGrom right now are $43. I like pitch. Strasburg more than Shane Bieber. Oh, well, that's, that's a you problem. Is it? I think I, Shane Bieber is better I, than As Steven of tomorrow, Strasburg. it may be a you problem. Why is that? Because we're in a draft together. Oh, well, then we're not getting either one of those guys in. Fair enough. Hey, Jack Flaherty. <laughs> Don't like him either. So I like Bieber. You like Strasburg. Yes. And I don't know. Do, we, do you like, like Jack, Jack Flaherty? Flaherty? Yeah. yeah. I'm out. I'm Why are you having Jack Flaherty? Uh, I just, I don't buy into the second half as much. But you, you do buy into the second half on other players. Like who? I mean, full season like statistics. Fran Reyes. No, nah, he was bad in the second half, Greg. He was good in the first half. Bad example. <laughs> I mean, if you notice, I, I've remained consistent. For a lot of these guys that just kind of broke out in the second half, like you, Darvish, I'm not really on Darvish like either. Darvish. And, and maybe that's a maybe you know that's a problem with my mindset right now. But I don't like to just forget what happened in the first half, right? Like Jack Flaherty's probably going to still be really good. Jose Ramirez. I do like Jose Ramirez. <laughs> but the thing is, he has a, pra- a, a track record, Greg, that shows that Strasburg's what, good. What he has done in the what he did last year in the second half, Jose Ramirez, is something he has done in the past. Jack Flaherty, what he did in the second half, is something he has never done before at the but major he's league level. Young, that is true. And he like had this pedigree are, in the last year. There are reasons to doubt it, though. Like, is the fastball as good as it was in the second half last year? Like, is his command nearly as good as it was, or did he just really run into a hot streak in terms of his command? I mean, I I, I just personally have doubts and. He could probably still pitch like a mid-threes ERA and be fine, but I don't think that's worth a second-round pick or $33 right now, which is his auction price. 
I'd rather Strasburg at 29 for sure. I would rather Shane Bieber at 30. Strasburg is the cheapest out of these guys. Yes, and also the most injury prone. That's true. Can't deny that. Right now he's healthy though. For now. Right now. Right Put now. that guy in a bubble. Right now he is. He he is healthy. So there you go. Like two different mindsets, and I, I think ultimately you're right when it comes to like the categories. Like you don't hear that often. Like if we don't get speed, if our top outfielder, for instance, we think there's a really great price on JD Martinez. Is a good example. Right. We both like JD Martinez. I know you're in on him, and like we're just like, wow, this price is awesome. And that wasn't part of the plan. He goes for like twenty eight dollars. Let's say. Like, let's do it. We're in. And our other, our top outfield in our heads or someone with speed, we got to have a backup to that. We have to have a plan in place. And I don't even mean just for J.D. Martinez. I mean for anybody like J.D. Martinez. Anybody that we feel that Juan Soto, Bryce, uh, Bryce Harper, steals a couple of bases. But any of these guys that we were going to plan on our top outfielder spending some money or top anything spending some money that, wasn't, that was not part of the plan we got to be able to pivot somewhere a little bit later. You have almost, no choice. in my opinion, Greg, you almost have to make like a tree, you know? Yes. And you have to figure or, out. Or like like, a well, it's like a flow chart, really. Right, yeah. And, and you have to tell yes, yourself, like, exactly. at the outfield position, yeah. if I wind up getting Starling Marte, then I know that I could get. Marcelo Zuna. I can get this outfielder who yeah. doesn't necessarily give me speed, or I can get this power hitting outfielder, I can get this bat- batting average outfielder. But then you also have to have the other side of it where, all right, if I get JD Martinez and he's the outfielder that I spend up on most for, then where am I going to get my stolen bases from? I have to figure out, all right, well, am I going to, if I do get JD, does that mean I bid on two of Oscar Mercado, Byron Buxton? Um, Scott Kingery, you know, players like that that are going to give you maybe 20, 25 stolen bases this season. You almost have to create, you know, like you said, a flow chart or like a tree. Uh, and it goes back to what I said, Greg. It's like you, you have to have a plan for everything that you're going to do within the auction. Even if you want to, you have to know that if, some, if a player that you do like is going for cheaper than they should, that yes, you can bid on that player, but what is the cause and effect there, you know? As a result of paying down from... Machado to a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., then, all right, how, how, where else am I going to pay up for at now? You have to have that almost in the back of your mind beforehand going into the auction. Because I think if you just go in there, especially in Roto again, and you just start, all right, I'm going to get as many players as I like. I know that I like uh, Reese Hoskins this year, Nelson Cruz, uh, and I like Miguel Andujar, and I like uh, J.D. Martinez. That's fine. Those are all great players. But at the end of the auction, you're going to look down and you're going to say, huh, I have home runs for days. Yeah. I have no speed. I think a flow like that makes sense. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should, maybe not be so specific, but like if we get this type of player, yes, we need to have backups here. If we get this type of player, we should be able to go in this direction, like in this tier of both category-wise and monetarily speaking. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on. Um, I don't really know if we want to. That was kind of the idea I had. Is there something you want to, any auction strategy specific you want to think about? Well, something that I've spent the past couple of days looking into, and I don't think that you should build your whole team based around this. And uh, actually, I was listening to uh, Matt Modica the other day and Derek Van Riper. They did a great job breaking this down. Competing against DVR. Uh, we are p- competing against DVR, so that should be fun. Uh, but they did a good job of breaking this down. Where I think you have to spend up on a few players. Because there's a reason why you spend up on those players. They're dependable. Their their counting stats are more bankable. I still want to find those players that are going for too cheap in auctions right now, Greg. And you can go over to the NFBC and you can look up average auction values and you can look up uh, auction prices and like Fantasy Pros, Fangraphs, they have it as well. And you can kind of see uh, a range of how much you can expect to pay for a single player. Yep. And figure out which players, Greg, can ultimately outproduce their auction value. So here's and I don't the- think you can make a whole team based on that because no matter what, you're always going to pay for players that you lose value on. People, a lot of people don't talk about that because at the end of the season, if you spend $35 on Starling Marte, but he only returns $30 in terms of value, but still hits 280 with 30-plus stolen bases, did he do for you what you wanted him to do? The answer is yes. So even if you lose a couple of dollars, uh, dollars of value on the player that you spend up on, if you can make that up incrementally at other spots, 
by by looking at players and saying like Corey Seager this year, ten dollars average auction value. That's someone who I could see having a monster year and returning maybe twenty dollars worth of value. I think you have to find some of those players, but also realize, Greg, that the players that you're spending up on, you might lose a few dollars of value, but you need those bankable stats. Ultimately, that's what you need. So I agree with that. Obviously, I just want to. Th- I just I almost want to think though that we need to be able to have our own projections in a way, right? Like we believe these guys. Not what fan graphs or baseball reference are going to tell us. We believe these certain guys will outperform their number, their value. Like, you and I really, really like Scott Kingery, let's say, who's going for, like, 12 bucks. Like, we think Scott Kingery is an $18 player. Like that's something that... You don't have to use projections by someone else. Right. I mean, just use common sense, almost. What we've talked about all along, Greg, throughout draft season and... You can, you can correlate draft picks to how much players are going for in drafts right now. Like, obviously, if you're a top three pick in fantasy, you're close to a $50 player. That's sure. the correlation there. But something we've continuously talked about, Greg, is why do I want to have a mid-first-round pick right now? Because I want an ace. Why do I want an ace? Because there are hitters going in the second and third round who are not valued the way that they should be. So guys like... J.D. Martinez and Bryce Harper, I think, can severely outperform their draft position. That means they're also going to outperform their average auction value. Same thing could be said for someone like Javier Baez. So, yes, you need to find those players that, you know, maybe your projection, your personal projection, is different from than a fan graphs, a fantasy pros, whatever it might be, and be aggressive on that player. Fair enough. All right, there you go. I feel... We're prepared, even though we haven't talked about anything. <laughs> I feel more prepared for the auction tomorrow night, live. Uh, hopefully, Studio Chenti will be here. I don't know if she will be anymore. I think so. All right, we'll find out tomorrow. Coach Coach is up next. Nice job by Sean and Alex downstairs. For Frank, I'm Greg. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Win a winner, chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.